Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wisden World Cup Daily Podcast. India have become the first team to book their place in the World Cup semi-finals and they've done so in style, beating Sri Lanka by 302 runs in Mumbai. There were 80 odds for Kohli, Gill and Shreyas Iyer. Bumran Siraj then claimed four wickets in the first 19 balls before Mohamed Shami then took five for 18 himself as Sri Lanka was skittled for 55. I'm joined by Estelle Vasudevan. Estelle, what on earth did we just watch? Yeah, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, um, obviously, we will allude to the Asia Cup final as well, where Sri Lanka were bowled out for 50, right? But when that happened, you could kind of almost write it off saying, you know, performances like that are bound to happen. Um, and you just have to forget about it and move on. But now it's happened twice in about a month, two months, right? Um I, I honestly, I, I don't know how you can explain that uh, because you feel like after that 50 all out, you're, you're, you're not going to go that low again, but yeah, n- not, not great. Not a great feeling. <laughs> I guess they didn't go quite that low, 55. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they, they've got small improvements. And it's also, I mean, they played the ODI series out of the year. Uh, yeah. India got what is the I think the world record margin of victory for a team batting versus beaten by 317 or something yeah so for all those three years kind of crazy and yeah at one point today Siraj had figures of nine for 21 against Sri Lanka since the start of the Asia Cup final um so yeah uh, I mean we will talk a lot about India and that is obviously a big part of this is just how way how well they bowled but on the Sri Lanka side of things, what what will the the reaction be? I mean, as we've said, you know, this kind of thing has happened a bit recently, um, but happening in a World Cup is different. And I guess you'd also say that it happening again and again is a bad thing. Um, is this the kind of thing that will cause people to to lose their jobs, or do we have to say that at the end of the the World Cup and would maybe finishing outside the Champions Trophy spots be? enough to have that kind of conversation or do you think that they're kind of pretty realistic that this is a, a young team who are improving in this they'll learn from this kind of thing yeah I think before this game you could say that you know Sri Lanka's realistically a sixth place finish would have been kind of 
very acceptable, I would say. I mean, obviously, you come into the tournament wanting to get into the semis, wanting to get into the final, right? But realistically, a fifth, sixth place finish would have been very good for Sri Lanka. Seventh was probably the position they were looking at uh, with wins against the Netherlands, uh, Afghanistan and Bangladesh. But that hasn't worked either. Um so now I think we are we are entering dangerous territory for the guys in charge because there have been there was quite a kind of uh, drastic change in 2021 where a lot of the senior players were left out lot out of the side and Sri Lanka took this you know kind of youth first approach. Of course, they've kind of gone back on that in the World Cup itself with Dimut Ratna and Angelo Matthews coming back into the side, but. There was that kind of push to, you know, try to play more modern cricket, which is an area where Sri Lanka had fallen behind in the last eight years, I would say. Um, but now with this loss, and like you said, it's not one game. With with the with the Asia Cup final, like like I said before, you can write it off like one bad day, right? One really bad day. You know, unprecedented, it's not gonna happen again, but then it kind of did. Uh so I would think that there will be serious invest investigations. Sri Lanka is very famous for these committees uh, to investigate what went wrong, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, some of those people in, in in the higher positions kind of lose their jobs. Yeah, fair enough. But then the, the weird thing is, is that I, know, I guess I started writing this the, the script for the pod at the halfway stage, but there, there have been a few positives from Sri Lanka for the World Cup, like Dilshan Madhashanka, for example, he's unless one of the uh, Indian quicks overtaken him, is the leading wicket-taker at the World Cup. Bowled, bowled nicely for his five-foot and expensive five-foot, but still that ball to Rohit uh, second up was was really, really nice. Sadura Samarak Rama's bowled, uh, has batted nicely. Um, but I was thinking you would have said similar things at the end of 2019 as well, I guess, when they sort of exceeded expectations and you're like, maybe they could build on this. And now you're looking at a young side again, thinking maybe they can build on this. But then you're also wondering, is it going to be the same old story in, in four years' time again? I don't know. Yeah, the thing with 2019 was, like you said, we did exceed expectations basically by beating England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here as well, I think if it got four wins, it would have been, I mean, people would have been content with that. But in 2019, that was very much a kind of, I don't think a lot of people in Sri Lanka were happy with that squad. I mean, you you had guys like Jeevan Mendes, Milinda Sirivardhana, uh, who were well beyond, you know, their peaks, right? But here, a lot of them are very young. Um, a lot of them are below 30. I think even with Angelo and Dimuth, who are 35 and 36, I think the average age is 28 or 29, right? So it is a young team that could potentially be um, you know, a team to look look forward to in the future. But then when they've had struggles like this, there is this huge temptation kind of to go back, right? And to depend more on um, experience and guys who've played a lot of domestic cricket. Um, so that, I think that's where it's different from 2019. Because 2019, Sri Lanka beat England uh, and everyone was happy with, you know, or were co- everyone was content with what happened in that World Cup because we didn't go into that 
thinking we would be coming back with the trophy right here again i don't think they they were expecting to win the trophy but um certainly not expecting performances like this or the one we saw against afghanistan yeah so what's what's your sort of view on the direction of the side obviously that i can totally see how they might get rid of some of the people in positions of power after this do do you think that would be the right thing because i do see how you can see it the other way that you know this has been a tough campaign not just with a few of the results but in terms of all the people that are injured right like you might say after result like this sack the captain but the captain's not here he's injured um and then you might say sack the coach but in some ways i kind of think that they have they have brought through a few of the younger players like what what do you hope that they do i guess yeah i certainly hope that they stick with the younger players because as you've seen right Dushan Madhushankar coming into this tournament, I think he had like six ODIs under his belt. Mm-hmm. And he's a top wicket taker in the tournament. And it's, I mean, you have performances where you basically are bowling at the death and, you know, batters are trying to take you on and you're getting wickets. That's not really been the case with him. He's consistently been picking up wickets in the power play. I believe he's only behind Marco Jansen in terms of wickets in the power play, right? So guys like that, definitely need to be kind of invested in in the future and there have been plenty of promising signs from from i would say all of those youngsters playing in playing in the in the world cup so far so i would hope that they stick to that kind of you know that kind of team um because in a sense sri lanka is different from a lot a lot of countries like england or india where players kind of they get that high level of cricket only once they come to international cricket right so they're making their way only once they reach that highest level they don't have this quality of cricket in the domestic level so you have to give them a bit of time you can't expect things to change in two years in this case right where sri lanka took the decision to kind of change their approach in 2021 bring in a lot of young players but at the same time while i say that they should stick with that those kind of plans i think there also needs to be a lot done domestically to ensure that the, the cricket played at that level is kind of supplementing this right this style of play you can't have a cricket where you know every pitch in sri lanka a pass goes like 250 right you can't have that kind of setup and expect your team to go to a world cup where 300 is par and perform really well so there's a lot that needs to be done i think patience is the most important thing and which is i mean the rarest thing in sri lanka uh they just need they they need to be really patient with these guys because for younger guys if they get the sense that look they are they are on a short string then that's not going to help anyway right so yeah i hope they kind of stick with the same kind of approach and setup but there needs to be a lot done behind the scenes and at the lower levels as well to make sure that sri lanka is competitive in the coming years yeah that's really interesting and i guess if you're looking for the impact of crystal would say you'd expect that to be felt almost more on the bowling side and that's where say dilton madashanka he would look at that as a feather in his cap i suppose um Uh, yeah, and I guess I guess there's there's still a chance, you know, they end up with what with four wins from the World Cup, qualify for the Champions Trophy comfortably, and then maybe 
this does become a bit of a memory. Maybe it's a bit a bit raw right now, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess we'll we'll wait and see on that. Um, that's it for part one. In part two, we'll talk uh, about India and look ahead to Afghanistan v Netherlands tomorrow. Let, let's talk about India then, and let's start with the bowling because you know, as much as whenever a team gets bowled out for fifty five, you're going to look to the batting. This was just an incredibly high quality of, of fast bowling. Like Crick Viz on their expected wickets model said that as opening spells go, this was the best they'd seen since 2015. I mean, that first ball from Bumrah was amazing. And then Siraj comes on and he's three for naught off seven balls. And then Shami comes on and he's three for one off off two overs. Um, I don't know if, if favourite is exactly the right word, but did you have a favourite wicket among the, the 10 to four? Yeah, I think the first one, just like, I think as a batter coming up next, when you see that delivery, you're already on the back foot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, India's just that fast bowling attack is so relentless. There's no release. Uh, Siraj hasn't been in the best of form. I think he's only really dominated Sri Lanka somehow <laughs> this year. Uh, but it's relentless with like, you get you get past Bumrah, then you have Shami. Uh, if Shami doesn't perform well, which is really rare, uh, you have Siraj to deal with. And then you have Kuldeep Yadav coming up, right? And Jadeja's kind of flown under the radar, but he's tough to get away as well. So they don't have a bowler that anybody can target. And it so happened that this game, it was like, you know, a, a batting lineup performing badly versus them bowling kind of at their best right um yeah favorite wicket i won't say favorite because it was painful but yeah definitely the first one was the best one for me yeah i think that that was mine too the the, the third siraj one as well sort of just clipping the bells is also nice but it's actually i think sometimes lbw wickets don't quite get the credit that they're mm -hmm. due because when you know the stumps are flying everywhere everyone's like oh wow that's so amazing but actually it can be just as good as a ball that uh, beats the bat and hits the stump because you've beaten the bat and hit the leg. And this was, this, yeah, it was crazy good. Um, what what do they do when Hardik Pandya's back fit? Because these three weren't playing together when he was in the side. And I think a lot of people sort of bought the logic as much as, you know, most teams would be picking Mohamed Shabby over Shardul Thakur. Indy didn't need a a sixth incredible quality bowler and would sometimes like the extra batting depth but these three are so good and the spinners are so good is there a way that they can all play or do they have to just go back to that previous thing and then it's is it Siraj then that sits out I don't know yeah that's an interesting one right because you would think that they'd want to stick with the three quicks and have Kuldeep and Jadeja as well but today we did see a little bit of a, a wobble in the batting in that middle in that middle period, and I I think a better bowling attack would have probably had them bowled out for about three twenty. Mm -hmm. Um, so with with India in the past, and I think this is kind of something that I can apply to Sri Lanka as well. The batting always is a bit more of an area where you want to kind of pump up. Um, so I think we might see one of them missing out. And in, in, in terms of form, it has to be Siraj, right? Because you can't drop Shami after what, he's picked up, what, 14 wickets in 
in three games. So it'll have to be Siraj, but that'll be tough, I think, because, I mean, you have to argue that maybe he provides something with the ball that it doesn't matter whether you have the extra option in the batting uh, in terms of having uh, Pandya. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think it, it probably does have to be Siraj. I mean, 14 wickets in three games is completely mad. I mean, so Madashanka's top of the wickets, right? And he's got, is it 18 that he ends up with today? And then Shami's four off him and he's only played three games. <laughs> uh, less than half of the World Cup. Um, India also, it's interesting you mentioned the batting because there was that bit of a, what, what wobble is, is too extreme, but you could you could still see in the batting why they have wanted batting down to number eight because you could see how it was almost on the verge of becoming precarious. Like they, if they'd lost one there, then you think maybe they can limit them. They didn't lose that one and they were able to just go on. But they also did bat well, right? Like Gill, this was, yeah. you know, a substantial innings when he hasn't had as much time in the middle as we would have expected coming to the World Cup. Kohli just looked good again and they had to ride out a tough phase. Uh, so that that's that's encouraging that I guess they can get through that and that Gill's got a few runs under his belt. Yeah, I think Gill and uh, Shreya Sire were the two players who they would have really wanted to get runs, right? And both of them were able to do it. There's kind of a thing in Sri Lanka where uh, we say that we like to form up the out-of-form players and teams. So I think we did we did Australia a favour and everyone else a disservice earlier in the tournament as well. Um, so again, here, two guys who were kind of... Out- three guys actually who were not in good touch Siraj with the ball um, and Gil and Shreyas Iyer got runs I think India are kind of in that tricky position whether they need to keep Shami in the side because of Jadeja's kind of lack of form Mm -hmm. I think if he was kind of batting like he was in 2019 then there's no question they would have just stuck with the five bowlers right because he provides so much um, at number seven um, but yeah, what can you say about them, right? They look like, I think, one of the most complete sides that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's a really good point about Jadeja, actually, because his was kind I mean, it ends up looking really good on the scorecard, but it was kind of a weird innings right towards the end in that last over. Like, uh, it seemed like Rohit was heading from the balcony that he had to keep the strike, and then he didn't, and then there was some really weird running going on. Um, you know, in the end, he obviously did a, did, did a very good job with the bat, but you're right that that comes into it. And then the other thing with Shreya Sai I thought was just odd is that we know he's got, if there is a question with him, it is against the short ball. like, And that's teams target him with that. And it didn't feel like Sri Lanka did, which is odd. So he, he'll he obviously take lots of confidence from it. But I don't know if we can say that he's exactly answered that question, do you think? I think if he comes up against a side that is willing to kind of risk that and bowl some quick short deliveries at him, there might be an issue. Uh, Sri Lanka's, I think it was only Madhushanka who was trying trying the short ball, right? And even he was trying more of the slower short delivery than, uh, you know, really trying to beat them for pace. So, yeah, I think a team that can, someone like South, we, we could possibly see it in the next game uh, against South Africa, where I'm sure that if if they do get to bowl to him, um, they'll, they'll definitely be trying the short stuff. Um, well, looking forward to tomorrow. That's a, a, a big game as well. They're kind of all big at the moment. Um, Netherlands still theoretically in it. Uh, if they win and get to five from five, they'll, they'll have a chance, I suppose, and also will want to be 
put themselves in a good chance of the Champions Trophy. But Afghanistan, actually, if they win tomorrow, and they should go into it as favourites, then they'll have two games against uh, Australia and South Africa. That if they win those, they'll have a very good chance of making the semis. Now, obviously, you know, there would be significant underdogs in those, but coming into the tournament, you wouldn't have expected we'd be going into the the last three games, I guess, saying Afghanistan have maybe the best chance of the teams outside of the top four uh, of pushing the top four, I guess. And also it should just be a good game between two teams who have surprised a few people in the competition so far. Yeah, absolutely. And they've both played really good cricket. Afghanistan you used to be this team where in the batting, they either block it or they hit it, right? Mm-hmm. But they've shown so much maturity. I think, again, the a game against Sri Lanka in the Asia Cup where they chased like 280 in 37 overs nearly got themselves to the next round. I think that was kind of, that kind of flicked a switch for them because it, it's all about confidence, right? It it probably gave them that belief that, look, the batting is, it's it doesn't have to rely on Gurbaz or Nabi or two or three players in there. They have guys who can take it deep. And one significant advantage they have is even guys at number nine can, you know, give you 20, 30 runs in very few deliveries. So both teams have played really well. Afghanistan obviously will go in as favorites. And it would be amazing, I think, to see them really push for that semi fourth uh, spot in the table and go into a semi-final. Yeah, I mean especially in that Sri Lanka game, just that that big partnership between, I mean, runs for Ramat was nice, but big partnership between what was it, Hashmat and Azmat, that's, yeah, they should take loads of confidence from that because even coming into the tournament, people saying like, okay, maybe they'll cause a few teams problems because they've got the spin attack and they've got some quicks and they've got the two openers, but there is some weakness below it. And now actually you're looking at them thinking like, actually all those guys in the top six have done something of note in the tournament so far and that bowling attack is is really good. So yeah, I mean, the semi-finals is still an outside bet, but um, wouldn't be surprised, I think, if in one of those two games, they are at least in it quite deep into yep. the game, even if they end up losing both of them, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, it should be it should be fascinating anyway. And uh, please do join us tomorrow when we'll look back at that Netherlands Afghanistan game and look ahead to what will be an absolutely massive World Cup Saturday. Cheers. Podcast Network.